When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, Welcome. I didn't know you'd be recording this. <laughs> you already stepped sorry, on. You already stepped on We added ours. I didn't know you were going right into it. What a jack. Leave it in. Yes, Leave I'm it so in, Alex. Sorry. All right. It's all singing. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Rolling great. We This is the start of like a gauntlet night. We have four in a row. This one, this could be our rowdiest contestants, honestly. Usually we speak to one person, sometimes two. I think this is the first time ever in seven years we've had three guests of one team. Actually, one year you had the ill-advised. We did um, every division, yeah. Yeah, you had the ill-advised, like, what if we just did eight episodes and we had four uh, people on each episode, like the whole AFC East, and they just like yelled at each other to the point of like uncomfortable like a lot of emotions like the panthers fan the saints fan like all right like we'll meet halfway in round rock south carolina have a fist fight or something yeah, i like how panther saints was your go-to nfl rivalry for your it game. was like it was pretty wild I, I it was a terrible decision and uh anyway yeah so we ha- so let's let's introduce our guests we have three guests as you said the three co-hosts of surviving snyder which is a uh, a podcast where uh, the Washington football team, now known as the Washington Commanders, meets reality TV. And we have uh, two former survivors, right, in, in Rick Devins and Brendan Shapiro, and a, uh, a proficient and uh, very well-known survivor writer, Dalton Ross. So welcome to the podcast, guys. And, um, you know, I guess we'll start surviving Snyder is the name of the podcast. Would you have to change it if there's an ownership change, which, uh, you know, there's rumors anyway. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because (laughs) Rick Devins is the eternal optimist on our podcast and I'm the eternal like pessimist. And like I always call Brendan Shapiro's like Derek Smalls and Spinal Tap. He's like (laughs) lukewarm water between the heat and the cold. But Rick Devins, anytime anything happens and Dan Snyder gets in any trouble, Rick's like, that's it. He's out. He's gone. We got rid of him. And I'm like, dude, he's not going anywhere. Stop getting your hopes up. He's never leaving us. He's going to be like the cockroaches. He's going to survive the nuclear fallout. We'll all be dead and gone, and he'll still own this damn team. Or as like his son, who went to school with Dwayne Haskins, will own the team. I mean, it's. I don't think we're getting rid of him. That's like yeah, the Trump know. meme, Alex, right? Where where it's like, finally, they got him, Like, and then yeah. Trump easily yeah. wriggles out of no, the No, it's chair. not happening. In fact, on our podcast last week, I was talking about the fact that we really need to live right. We need to uh, eat well. Uh, get our exercise because our only hope of having any time without Dan Snyder as the owner is to outlive him. And, uh, and he's, and that's going to be a tall task for, I think at least one of the three of us. Now, the three of you hey, don't call listen, him Mr. Snyder it, because that's what he prefers. It, 
it could happen, okay? We could get rid of Snyder. And to answer the original question, uh, if we have to change our podcast to Survived Snyder, it'll be the happiest day okay. of any of our lives. Yeah. And we like to think of ourselves as leaders on a mission. <laughs> They're not going to know what that um, means. <laughs> They don't know what that means. That's because uh, not every NFL team has a fight song, but the with, Washington Commanders have a fight song. You know, I was thinking about this. Like, so we're called Surviving Snyder. Obviously, the franchise can't be very happy about that. We got written up by the Washington Post and Washingtonian in place, so they know about it. But we've had like, so they had their first preseason game the other day, and we've had two thirds of the booth. I love on it on our podcast, and I'm like, I'm kind of worried. Like, do they not realize it? Like, literally, the guys. Then preseason games, you guys know this. The, the, they're hired by the team. Mm-hmm. The team that's part of the team organization. They've been on our surviving Snyder podcast, which is kind of crazy, Brendan. That, yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Rick, Rick Doc Walker, uh, Washington great, Super Bowl champion, uh, was on our podcast. I don't know, maybe a month or so before he was calling the game this Saturday. Logan Paulson, likewise, on our podcast. Both great guys. Um, I don't know whether they quite knew what they were getting into. We'll have to see if they ever make it back on the show. We'll see. I think I know the answer, which is he has so many enemies. It's very hard to keep track. So yeah. you're solo on the list. Like there's people <laughs> in his, there's people in his own building, probably trying to get him fired. You know, like at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's hard for Dan Snyder to keep track of all the people who've made fun of him. It would be, Fair enough. Yeah. He's, he's too busy uh, suing old ladies. Yeah, and he yeah, runs a lean operation, so he, he doesn't have enough staffers to be paying attention to everybody. Um, let me ask you guys about, uh, in my opinion, the the, the most un- uh, confusing and strange trade we saw in the offseason in the NFL, which is the Washington Commanders giving up multiple draft picks for Carson Wentz, um, Indy not eating any of his contract. This is after Jim Irsay openly said that, 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 the, that the Colts had to get rid of him. Um, you know, the 49ers are trying to get anything of value for Jimmy Garoppolo and Wentz worse than Jimmy G and somehow Indy extracted multiple assets for him. (laughs) You like Wentz more than Garoppolo? You're an, you're a lawyer. Let me just object when you say worse than Jimmy G. He's never been in the courtroom. He doesn't know what that what means. What was it like? Twenty-seven <laughs> touchdowns and like six interceptions or seven. something ridiculous. Yeah, those, like those that. stats seven are very mis- those. You know, if you're just looking at touchdowns, interceptions, those are very misleading. His, I uh, agree. Um, and, Rick and I, Rick and I are not on the same page on this. Okay. One. I, well, I'm again, with the you. craziest part is they didn't need any of his contract. Like the Eagles had to eat thirty-four million to trade Wentz. And, and Indy is eating nothing. And I, I just, I, I can't like, and I've talked to a couple Washington fans who are like, well, the good thing is if he sucks this year, then we can cut him at no cost. I'm like, but then you lost all those draft picks for one what, bad year. What, what did I tell you at the start of this podcast? I told you that Rick is the eternal optimist. <laughs> I told you guys where this was headed. Go ahead, Rick. Well, listen, you're not wrong. None of us are here to argue that we have a good, uh, <laughs> general management team even though there's like eight general managers on our team <laughs> um, the same name we definitely bid against ourselves but here's the reality of being a washington football fan this is the best quarterback we've had in a decade uh so we gave up what we had to to get a guy i mean our hearts were broken when we we thought we were gonna have a full season of fitz magic yeah. and, and he goes down in the first quarter <laughs> Still so bummed about that. They had to give us something. And uh, so they did bid against themselves and we got Carson Wentz. No, but l- listen, guys, I think this is standard operating procedure for, for Washington. Not only, well, I'm not a big Jimmy G guy, but I'll tell you this, you know, Washington scrimmaged the Carolina Panthers this Saturday. I'd rather have had Baker Mayfield 
Um, and and for what they had to, to give up to get him, which was almost nothing, uh, than the guy that we got. So, no, this is a, this is a terrible deal. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Rick is far more bullish on Wentz <laughs> than I am. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll ask no, but, us but, again but, in but week Rick, six. Rick, sell me on this because, you know, he, he was chased out of town in Indy, which had a better offense, a better line, had his mentor as his head coach. So why is he going to do better in Washington than he did in Indy? Uh, listen, on his way out of Indy, the coaches praised him. The players praised him. It was clearly just Irsay who didn't want him. Irsay, who the mad tweeter, like, I don't really – he he's he's his own issues. Uh, I think he's got a track record. If if our guy last year gave us 27 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, we would have been in the playoffs. If he gives us that, we're going to be in the playoffs. We have uh, probably the most talent he's ever had at skill positions. And I think that he he's a guy who's been an MVP candidate uh, for full seasons of play. He has struggled, but he's been a perfect citizen since he's come to Washington, and I think he's going to do great. The thing is, you're both right. We gave up way too much to get him, but the same way we always do, the same way we did for Alex Smith when no one else wanted him, we could have got him for a song. The same way, uh, let me take it back to like, what was it, 2004 or something? Guys, we traded we traded Champ Bailey, <laughs> a Hall of Fame cornerback for Clinton Portis, and we threw in a second round pick. We threw in a second round pick. This goes back, we always give up too much. So you're right, it's way too much. It's too much money, it's too much capital. But Rick is and Brendan are also right that this is the best quarterback we've had in a decade. So when you're desperate, you do desperate things. I, I like yeah. that you well, guys you keep, pissed off Kirk Cousins. Year yeah, after you keep year, really so. upsetting Kirk Cousins when you say a decade. And Chester's a Vikings fan, so yeah. Okay, well, so no, I, I'll say this. No, I, 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 and I think I think Rick and Dalton probably agree with me. Cousins is is now and has been head and shoulders better than Carson Wentz. I think a lot of of Kirk Cousins actually probably more than most people in Minnesota. Um, and they bungled that, right? I mean, they lowballed the mismanagement of the of the Washington franchise goes back forever. They they lowballed the hell out of Kirk Cousins and pissed him off, and so he left. They could have had, and then when they when it was obvious to the world that he was going to leave, rather than trading him for a first round pick, which is what Kyle Shanahan was ready to give up for him, they just let him walk, right? They 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 let him walk. So. You know, that's called the, the Trent Williams method. Trent right Williams there. treatment. Right. It's just look. We, the list goes on and on and on of, of how this team has mismanaged personnel. Um, we could go on all night. You, uh, Rick, you said he has like the best skill position guys he's had. Obviously, uh, Terry McLaurin is a great receiver who's you know uh, never had a good quarterback. Other than him, uh, tell me about these weapons. Jahan Dotson. I think he was seen as a bit of a reach when they took him in the first round. Uh. uh It'll be interesting to see. A lot of people thought he was a reach. He's been shown out in camp. Obviously, that doesn't mean anything when you get to uh, the the real games. And he didn't do anything in the first preseason game. But I think Jahan Jahan Dotson is going to – again, this is the eternal optimist (laughs) coming through. I think he's going to be a steal uh, when you look back. Logan Thomas got a return from injury, but we have a deep tight end room. Uh, We got deep at uh, running back, although – Antonio Gibson, who was slotted to be our number one. Keeps putting the ball on the ground. Rick, Rick, Rick is frozen Rick, up. On you know why? Like, I froze Rick. I froze Rick <laughs> yeah. because this has been we, – we've had two huge debates on – or three. Three huge debates on our podcast. One of them is Brendan, and we're not going to get into it. To, like I hesitate to even say it. Like I'm not going to freeze Brendan because he'll go on for an hour. He's convinced that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time. We're not going to talk about that. The second debate is – 
Brendan or Rick said at the beginning of the season last year, they would not trade Chase Young for Justin Herbert. And I told them both they were absolutely insane. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, and the third one is Antonio Gibson. I've been an Antonio Gibson hater. I think he's way overrated. Uh, he doesn't find the holes. He doesn't pick up the holes and he puts the ball on the ground. He had put the ball on the ground six times last year, most for any non-quarterback in the league. And then in his second carry of the uh, preseason, he fumbled again. I don't think he's going to be starting this year. Rick loves him. He's got a man crush on him for some reason. I have no idea what it is. I think Brendan's finally cooled on him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you can only put the ball on the ground so many times. And and I don't know if you saw this, Dalton, guys, you're, you're not in our market, but apparently Brian Robinson, the Alabama uh, draftee rookie, it, it got first team snaps today in practice. So uh, so that, that says a lot about what's going on. Well, here. Gibson, Rick, I think, Gibson didn't even start in the preseason game where most teams starting running backs aren't even allowed to play in the preseason these yeah. days. Or maybe they get, you know, Derrick Henry probably doesn't show up at the games. And, <laughs> and you know, Gibson's playing the third quarter against, you but, know, in the first game. By the way, Rick's, Rick just texted me his power went out, which is so Ooh. great. I love it when you ask the Gibson question that his power went out. I, I guess like, I guess Snyder has heard about you guys. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. You, I mean, that is true. We joke that like, oh, the, you know, how do you uh, how do the announcers come on the show? But it's also possible your names are on the hit list. Like, I don't want to worry. You. <laughs> I know. I know. You it's, it's scary. <laughs> look, I mean, look, it, here's the deal with with Rick. He's the, the optimist. He talks about the weapons of the best he's ever had. He's full of hope and dreams and unicorns. And maybe it'll happen. John Dotson, who I thought was a, a super reach has been getting hyped up by all the beat reporters in camp. All the reporters say he, he looks amazing, that Wentz looks incredible with him. We'll see. It doesn't mean anything um, whether that's the case or not. And Curtis Samuel's just if, ands, and buts. You know what I mean? If, if he can get on the field and he can stay healthy, then he will be a weapon. But he wasn't able to do that last year. And yeah, I he was say, an interesting gadget guy in Carolina the year before yeah, he signed and, the contract. And, and a guy that, that gets a lot of attention on our podcast, probably not so much outside our market, is J.D. McKissick. Uh, you know, he got injured at the end of last year, but J.D. McKissick is incredibly valuable to this team. He's exceptionally slippery in space. You know, so, he, you know, they, they, they put him in the backfield primarily, but they can line him up on the slot. He was a receiver in college, just like um, Antonio Gibson. And he spurned uh, the Bills to come back to Washington. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, which is, which is perplexing. Yeah. Like, I, don't, yeah. I can't imagine I question his why, judgment. <laughs> why somebody would do that. Leave, leave a, a Super Bowl hopeful and, and seemingly a functional franchise for the dysfunction that we have here in town. But whatever, man, he did it. Uh, he must uh, he must like the food here in D.C. or something. But um, we love J.D. McKissick. And, and, and so talking about the weapons, look, we're not trying to sit here and tell you that, that uh, you know, that, that, that we're the L.A. Rams. But I do think that, you know, you've got a decent group of tight ends, uh, some capable running backs, some capable wide receivers. It's not so much that the team is loaded, but if you look back at Carson Wentz's career, look at last year, you know, we had Michael Pittman, but he really hasn't had a loaded group of receivers kind of in any of his stops, Philly or, or Indy. Uh, so I don't think it's that high a bar to clear to say that he's got the, 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 the best collection of weapons he's ever had. That just means he's got sort of an okay to, I mean, to pretty good I, set of I, uh, weapons. I, I look at him as like 18 to 22 range quarterback. Like, I, I don't agree. think any of us, and, and now Rick will have him higher, but Brendan and I have him in that 18 to 22. Alex, range. So where we, we just did QB rings. Alex, where'd we have, uh, where'd we have Wentz overall? Um, ugh, I got to open it up. Yeah. <laughs> but this question, yeah, one but, thing that's, one thing that struck me in general, looking at the roster, uh, in prepping for this podcast, there aren't a lot of huge holes on the team. Linebacker is like, a huge hole. Uh, linebacker is a hole, but I, but 
we we have we have them at uh, twenty one. So exactly. Yeah, we have them at twenty one. Right yeah. in your range. The I, I, linebacker, they, the linebackers are definitely a mess, but th- it's it's like whatever the opposite of a golden era is for linebackers is yeah. what we're in right now in yep. the league. And half the te- half the you know guests we have come on and say, oh yeah, we don't have like a single NFL linebacker. So maybe. If nobody has them, then it's not as it's not as big of a deal. And your well, defensive line is, you know, well, and I think we're strength. seeing a lot of situations now where, you know, a, a great number of defensive sta- snaps, you've got defenses lining up with two linebackers. Right. So you don't have the the, the typical right. three, four or even four, three in, in, you know, in base defenses. You have a lot of times where guys don't even have three, three linebackers out there. So. You got these overhang guys, you know, say Buffalo it, Brendan, Nickel say guys. the phrase. There it is. Buffalo you nickel. Know? Right. As I said, it. so, you know, it. <laughs> The, the day of the conventional linebacker, um, you know, the Brian Orlacher, the uh, the London Fletcher, whatever, those guys, maybe those those days are gone. So if you're going to be thin at a position, maybe linebacker is the one where you want to be thin. Having said that, they are woefully thin. Well, sorry. Let, let me let me zag when, when Akiva's zigging because I have the opposite question. Is there anything this team is good at? Um, you know, coming into last year. What a hater. Coming into last year, the upside was the defense, and you thought maybe you ride the defense to, you know, a wild card or even sneak out a division win. They were number three in DVOA in 2020. Last year, they were 27. They were terrible. And, like, the strength of this team, which is supposed to be the pass rush, they were 17th in sacks. And, sure, Chase Young missed half the season. He's obviously the best player, but he was bad before. No, he's not their best. He's not even close to their best player. Here's the deal. I don't know if you guys watched any Washington Commanders games last year, and I really hope you didn't for your sake. (laughs) But if you did... At some point, you would have heard whoever was the color commentator or maybe even the play-by-play talk about the dominant defensive line of the Washington football team, then, is what they would have said. And just because it was four first-rounders, they were terrible. And Chase Young was awful. Chase Young played eight and a half games. Yeah. What did he have, Brandon? One and a half sacks? One, One and a half, half sacks. And four he, QB hits across. Yeah, yeah he and he was, he was he was um, not doing his assignment. He didn't develop other moves. He was really, really bad. And actually, they got better when he was out. So that sucks for this yeah. number two overall player. So how do they improve the pass rush? Matty Anitas is gone, right? Um, defense tackle Tim Saddle also lost. So a bit of that depth is out the door. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, theoretically, um, now, now the one guy that was gone for much of the year for a variety of reasons, he broke his jaw, he had COVID, and then tragically his brother died, is Montez Sweat. Um, so Montez Sweat, for all those reasons, was not himself last year. And a lot of people, despite all the hype that Chase Young gets, a lot of people think Montez Sweat is their best pass rusher and is a guy who can be, you know, uh, a low teens uh, sack guy when he's playing a full season uh, and uninjured. So hopefully that's where they're going to get a lot more production this year uh, because, yeah, they don't have a lot of star power. And Chase Young, we don't know when he's coming back. And you said it, uh, he, you know, he had one and a half sacks through half a season last year. So this is really, we were talking about this on our podcast. This is really a prove it year for Chase Young. We're going to find out what he is, you know, assuming he get, can get back and healthy. Um, but the interior of that, of that defensive line is where they're strong. You know, you've got um, Deron Payne, who is, is at worst uh, a solid interior defensive lineman and, and, and flashes greatness at times. But the, the real star is John Allen. John Allen's probably the best player on the team, regardless yeah. of position. McLaurin. Yeah, I would probably say Allen, but uh, but but it's a you know it's a it's a it's a reasonable argument. So, but John Allen is you know if you're going to argue like hey who are the top fifty or top hundred players in the league, I can't imagine there are very many Washington players on that list. But John Allen, I would imagine. I uh, I did I did uh, something I called the NFL 500, uh, which isn't completely finished yet because it is big operation. But uh, it I do have the top hundred players on the team, and there are two commanders. 
Uh, I had Allen and Young, uh, and then I had McLaurin right right below them. So so I had two top hundred guys. Um, and McLaurin, you could certainly make a case as top hundred. Yeah, he's never had a good quarterback. Look at look. Mm-hmm. I want you to like. We don't. Have, none of us have it up, but like it, the the quarterbacks he's played with have been atrocious. I mean, atrocious. He has never had a good quarterback. He had right. or or even a receiver to really take the edge right. off him uh, the way they have with with Dotson this year. He's playing with Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum and Taylor Heineke who like can't throw a ball further than 10 yards. Uh he played with who was that dude that started for us last year, Brendan? Literally don't even remember his name. Oh, uh G- Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like this is who he's playing with. And yeah. so like, I mean, that's I think the excitement about Wentz, getting back to Wentz is just like Having a guy that can get him the ball. None of us expects miracles from Wentz, but at least McLaurin's playing with a guy that can get him the ball. What about um, on the offensive line? You got two new guards in Norwell and Trey Turner. Uh, Brandon Scherf lost a, a cap casualty, uh, partly again because you're paying Wentz a lot of money. The, the offensive line is pretty good. Are there any concerns, though, with bringing in two new starters there? So, yeah, I mean, Norwell is, I think, by all accounts, a little bit sort of on the on the on the downside of his career right he's past his prime but he has been a pro bowl guy uh and i think is a solid guard trey turner uh, likewise and then you've got a guy um who i think is a very good backup although i heard today dalton that he that he got hurt in practice he's a guy named west schweitzer i love Uh, him i love him so much dalton and i agree west schweitzer is a is a very underrated interior lineman and he got hurt at the end of last year um they had a ton of injuries on the offensive line but um you know, that, that was the big surprise. If there's anything that really was a happy surprise last year on this team, it was that the offensive line really outperformed expectations uh, by a long shot. I mean, I think if you look at, and I don't know, you know, if you trust PFF or all these various um, analytics kind of sources, but but they were graded very highly um, by ESPN, by PFF, and, and uh, you know, as, as a, a run blocking unit and a pass blocking unit. So, I think that that offensive line um, is, you know, they did lose a couple pieces. I, the thing about Sheriff, it's it's a loss for sure. Um, I don't know that he was an All Pro. He was named All Pro first first All Pro he's on the team pro, in a long time, but he's not an All Pro. I think he's a top ten guard, but yeah. I don't think he's an All Pro. And I'm glad they didn't spend what they would have had to spend it to keep him because you know you, you just can't spend eighteen million dollars a year on a on a top ten guard. It doesn't make any sense. He, he was and he was guard, injured all the time. Yeah, yeah. you know he, he was a, he. He barely played. He was injured. You know, if you look at his career, he's playing half a season every season. He got a lot of hype because he's very good in space. You get him out front, like he'll pancake someone. But interior blocking, he was not strong. He was not good. He's got short arms. He he really, I think he'd be hard-pressed to find uh, a Washington fan that was really sad to see him go at that price tag. And they, they might have really found a diamond in the rough in Charles Leno. He was oh, yeah. cut by the Bears right before the season last year. Washington signs and plugs him in at left tackle, which sounds like a disaster. But he was like, a tr- he, especially in pass protection, he was very good last year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And and there was some worry because they let Morgan Moses go, right? And and prior, Morgan Moses was playing right tackle for the team. And, and, uh, and so he left. And then they drafted a guy in Sam Cosme out of Texas. Who who actually looked pretty promising, and he got hurt as well, yeah. uh, you know, kind of early last year. But people are pretty optimistic about Cosme at right tackle, and then Charles Leno. You said it. I mean, he really exceeded expectations uh, here in town. So, you know, maybe maybe it's too much to expect them to overachieve two years in a row. But but just based on last year, um, I actually that's not one of my chief concerns. Offensive line on this team. I do see uh, on the depth chart, you have a, a tackle you drafted in the seventh round, Chris Paul, who 
looks like he's as big as Chris Paul and Cliff Paul put together. <laughs> is this? Is, I don't know if this guy's gonna make the team or he's just on the bottom depth chart, seventh round pick. They also yeah. have, you. You also have a seventh round pick from last year, who's my arch enemy as a Jets fan. Dax Milne, I hope he gets cut and like. Oh right, right. Dax Milne, didn't he steal your guys? Uh, he did. What, well, I mean, he didn't. Girlfriend, steal, mom, like, or whatever. Whatever. Yes, when Zach Wilson, I we don't know the story. No one's really spoken yet. But when Zach Wilson uh, got caught uh, allegedly uh, in a relationship with his mother's best friend, um, his uh, his now ex then ex girlfriend. Uh, Move to to uh, Zach's best friend, but how could you have that in the locker room? Like this guy steals <laughs> his best friend's girl. Like you can't have he's you can't let him near Terry and Jahan Dotson. He's going to teach them terrible I, things. I think he's going to make the team, Brendan. We'll see. We need a returner, no, so he yeah. could be that sixth wide out. That's a returner. Uh, I think he's going to make the make the team again. He had a really nice play uh, in the preseason, you know, for whatever that's worth from Sam Howell. Ironically, I feel defensive, even though I, you know, I, I every day I think Wilson is worse and worse. And uh, well, you're a Jets said, fan. You should. Yesterday, I, yesterday I said he's the worst quarterback in the league, but I still feel, def- you know, he's not a bad person. I, I feel defensive. Worse than a former Jet uh, down in Carolina right now. Well, because Baker's going to start. Yeah, oh, I, would, I would definitely I would definitely put um, Wilson over Darnold. But right now uh, uh, with with Baker starting, the only real argument I think you can make is uh, Gino or Drew Locke. Whoever, whoever well, you know, we it's funny that you're a Jets fan. We we had a long debate with our friend Rob Cesternino about who has suffered more over the last two decades, uh, Jets fans or Washington fans. And I'm not sure who came out on top or on, on bottom. Well, or however, well I, the question for the two of you is, do you remember the uh, the the 93 title because that's 91, really the Akiva, the 91 please. excuse me the 91 title in January of 92 but yes. it's yeah it's funny that uh, well we won't go too deep but there's been controversy over that when they came out with the new team name and the crest they put the wrong years on the crest they put <laughs> yeah, the years they, they where they actually yeah. won the super bowl not yeah. the season. no we're very we're always sticklers on yeah. that all yeah no one calls them the 86 the bears exactly. or the 85 our, bears our, yeah. our fear is because now there's at least two games in two regular season games in january that people are going to start nbaifying it and calling it like the 22 23 no. season which Brennan, to me is ugly brendan you know? and i are old enough to remember all the super bowls yep uh okay so, so we, then how could you argue with that you've suffered more than rob well they well, said the last 20 years yeah the last 20 yeah years. but but i think it's like it's an arbitrary cutoff which is yes maybe you've suffered more like our owner's just a doofus and yours might be evil but like the but you have your it's all house money like I, alex is a vikings fan they've never won a super bowl my dad was 11 when the Jets won the Super Bowl. Like we need, like we need, you know, until we win, you at least have that. And and you and you're saying you have three that you were there for three of them. Yeah. I, but I, but Akiva, but if you're a Washington no or Jets fan, let's say yeah. age 30 or below, right? Sure, sure. That's a good debate. If yeah, if, yeah 30 year old because uh, I mean Washington you know, we were, we were has even to, the Jets went to consecutive AFC Championship games. Um, surprisingly, perhaps, but they got there. Washington. Yeah. The only really moment of relevance is RG3's rookie season, which ends in, right. in complete catastrophe. Yeah. But when was the last time the the uh, the Washington football team was in a... 91. Uh, was That's the last time they were in the NFC Conference title. Conference championship? Game. Yeah. yeah. Amazing oh, yeah. That, the, that Washington and Dallas have both not been back in 30 we, years. We've only, I believe, Brendan, I believe we've only won one playoff game this millennium. Yeah, I think that's right. Against Tampa, right? Gibbs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We yeah, won that's, Mark Sanchez won four on the road. And that and see, and that's why we talk about surviving Snyder. It's mm-hmm. it's because before he took over, we had a proud franchise. So I'm 46 years old. Okay. I watched this team go to four Super Bowls and win three of them 
as I, you know, as I, as I went from being a a tad to being, you know, like a middle teenager. Right. And then Dan Snyder took over. So it's not like he took over a team that was in dysfunction or a team that lost perpetually. He didn't take over the Tampa Bay Bucks of, of old. He took over a proud and winning franchise and absolutely destroyed it. So when we talk about, when I say, Oh, the last 20 years, it's not arbitrary. I'm talking about the Snyder right. era. That's fair. Yeah, we'd have to. I, the, yeah, I, I mean, the Jets really the last 10 years, they've been hapless, but it hasn't been like punch. You, like the question, I guess, is would you rather be a Jets or a Lions the last decade or so that <laughs> is irrelevant or maybe, well, here, you, know, you know what? You know what is, is, is that the Jets and Lions are lovable losers. Mm-hmm. They're lovable losers. The, the people love, are, still love the Lions. I feel like they've given up on them. No, but I feel like but nobody so hates bad. them the way people yeah. like, they don't hate We're them. detestable. Yeah. We're detestable. I, I mean, mean that, the only awful. thing you have going for you, I think, is that every team in the in, in the NFC East is detestable for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Well, Dallas, True. of course, Dallas uh, yeah. is the, the most detestable. Yeah, and, 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 and the Giants only because, you know, I live in New York and I'm not a Giants fan. So, But here, here's the deal. Like, I mean, like, we went, Brendan and I went to the game against Philly last year i guess it was week 17 brendan i guess uh or week 18 i've lost track of what it was anyway it was near the end of the year and it was against philly it was a home game and this was the game you guys might remember uh where the the railing collapsed and fans were trying to like you know Mm -hmm. give a handshakes to jalen hurts and literally the railing collapsed earlier in the season there was sewage dumping on fans in the stadium we missed uh, our team's only touchdown because there's just like a nonsensical security line to get into the stadium, like just sat sitting there for 45 minutes. But we get into the stadium and it was 80% Eagles fans, Brendan? 75? Yeah, I think 80 is fair. 80% Eagles fans in our home stadium. This is a, t- a team that used for to a have historic an 80-year yeah. yeah. season ticket waiting list. 80 years, yeah. and now 80% were Eagles fans. That's never happened to the Jets. I live, I live 10 minutes from MetLife Stadium. That has never happened to the Jets. Maybe a Jets-Giants preseason game, it's 50-50 or something like that. That has never happened. That is the depressing nature. And this, guys, this happens... We would play like, like watch. We uh, is the Jaguars game a home game, Brendan? I think it is. Think we'll so. play. We'll play teams like the Colts. Like you know, when you play the Steelers, they travel, right? right? Yep. Cowboys fans are everywhere. Giants fans are everywhere. There's certain teams like that. We'll have teams like the freaking Colts or the Jaguars in our house, and it'll be fifty fifty. It's crazy and depressing. That's I don't what even. We I don't even do. know how you the don't Jaguars have to deal could... with that. We yeah. deal with that. I know the Jaguars could find uh, 40,000 fans to feel telling you. All right. I have an easy solution here. Uh, Brendan, why don't you and Rick just go on Survivor and win and then do that another 4,000 times in a row and then we can buy the team. (laughs) And then and then get sued by Snyder. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, Wheels, uh, can we play some uh, schedule game? Yeah, let's play the schedule game. Let's go through the schedule and and see how confident this team has won exactly seven games in four of the last five years. So maybe you're just like the NFL's most mid team right now. Um, and I, I think the upside of this team right now is for sure, you know, they're, they're, they're total seven and a half, the schedule, which last year, according to football outsiders, Washington had the hardest schedule in the NFL this year, the schedule is extraordinarily soft. And so, uh, you know, you definitely have 
enough weak opponents that if you can put together some competency uh, from Wentz and, and from the defensive line, et cetera, there's hopefully a chance to bank some wins. So um, we'll go through. You guys have to agree unanimously. Otherwise, I'll keep an eye on the side. Well, but it's a good thing Rick's not on here. He'd have yeah. every game. Automatic win, win, every win. win. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Week one, as we said, starting at home against Jacksonville. Hopefully you have a majority of fans against the Jaguars. I, I think that's a win. Brian. I think it's a win. It's a bad tone to the season if you lose at home to the Jaguars in yeah. week one. Yeah. I don't know because that's the easiest game on the schedule. Probably, I'm, wor- I'm worried about the second one though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, week two at Detroit. It's a loss. I think it's a loss. Okay. I think it's, it's like, it's, like, is this phony Detroit hype? Like, you know, there's like Lions hype now. Have you guys? Yeah, been but the this? hype is that they're gonna go over on six and a half wins. It's not. Yeah, we had them win this game. I think we had them at seven and ten. Basically, they're fine. I don't think they're embarrassingly bad. Right. The roster's fine. It's like a poor man's version of your team, honestly, with Goff being like the fake wins. Right. Well, well, they may be a better. We may be a poor man's version of their team, depending <laughs> on how our schedule ends up. We'll see. All right. So we have that as a win. We're we're All a right. little so lost. One and one. One, one. one and one. Yep. Now I got a couple of divisional matchups. You come home and face the Eagles. <sighs> I I think they're going to lose loss. the Eagles. Yeah, loss. All right. And then you go at Dallas. So I do think we'll get one from Dallas. So do I. But I don't know which one, Brendan. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.